This is Husker Sports Network Originals, presented by JTEC Construction, the official exterior experts of Husker Nation. Husker Sports Network Originals tell iconic stories from Husker history, featuring insights from the players and coaches who lived them. Subscribe to the Husker Sports Network on your favorite podcast service. And now, inside the 48 hours that transform sports. Hi, I'm Tim Curran, executive producer at the Husker Sports Network. One year ago, the sports world, and really the world in general, was put on pause by the novel coronavirus COVID-19. And last March, Husker Athletics were at the eye of the storm. I spoke with my colleague, Josh Hilkeman, who was at the Big Ten men's basketball tournament in Indianapolis last March when it all started. So, Josh... First off, how are you? So good. <laughs> Let's start with March 11th, 2020. Can you kind of take us through what exactly happened that day? What were you doing? Where were you? What was going on? Um, a couple memories from that day, um, early in the day. Um, the first one being when we went to shoot around with the team. And um, I remember it being a little bit weird when we were there for shoot around, just kind of the, um, conversations with the officials, um, you know, the, the tournament officials and some of those things being a little bit weird. But honestly, the, the one thing that I remember from shoot around was as soon as we got back on the team bus to head back to the hotel, um, we found out and it was kind of being talked about among team staff that back in Nebraska, they had just announced that the, uh, high school boys tournament was going to be family members only. And I, that was, that seemed like such huge news at the time because it was the first time that something in Nebraska had been really affected firsthand. And little did we know that that was just the first thing. And it wasn't really, I mean, that, um, didn't really affect us that much, but th that's the first thing. Um, and then when we got back to the hotel, um, I and Kent Pavelka and Seamus McKnight, um, the sports information director for basketball, were riding up the elevator with Coach Hoiberg, and they were having a conversation about something completely different. And Coach said something along the lines of, oh, I just don't feel great today. And like, you know, I'm battling this cold. Like, that's what he called it. He said it was a cold. And um, didn't I didn't even think anything of it at the time. But looking back on it, it was kind of an, an interesting thing to to think about. I wasn't feeling great. This was right at the beginning uh, of the pandemic. I certainly wasn't paying, as probably looking back on it, as much attention as I should have. The voice you're hearing belongs to Nebraska basketball coach Fred Hoiberg, who spoke to us about what he went through that day, March 11th, 2020. I, you know, would hear things uh, on the news or hear my wife or family talking about it. Uh, so I went into that game, and it's kind of the time of year every year uh, where I start feeling a little under the weather, and generally it's a cold or uh, you know something like that. And that's kind of what it felt like. So I went and saw the doctor. I, I talked to RJ, our trainer, and you know he suggested that I see the on-site doctor. So I went and talked to him, and you know at that time, really it was kind of considered a virus that really hit the lungs. So he listened to um, my heart, my lungs, and then he did a chest x-ray and he said, you're completely clear, uh, you're fine to coach. So, you know, I just 
took his word, figured he knew a lot more about it than I did, and, and went out and coached the game. There wasn't anything too weird before our game started. There was a game going on before us. We were the second game of that first night. And while that game was going on, went back into the media room and grabbed some lunch or grabbed some uh, dinner, some food, and talked to some other media members. And honestly, the idea of COVID and the the tournament not happening wasn't even talked about like it wasn't even a a topic of conversation there were a lot of other things like honestly we talked more about the the football players possibly playing in a basketball game more than than covid but then at some point i believe it was during that first game while we were waiting for the huskers to play indiana they came over the loudspeakers the public address announcer came on and made the announcement that the next day of games at the big 10 tournament was going to be family members only. They were, weren't going to allow fans. And so I remember that very specifically because the reaction from the crowd was just, you know, booing and people yelling. And you could just tell the unrest in the crowd of when that came over the loudspeakers. And they made that announcement multiple times throughout the night, through that first game and then during Nebraska's game as well, um, saying that there weren't going to be fans allowed in the stands the next day. Um, so, so as you were sitting there, um, you yeah. know, how much of the uh, the news, were, the national landscape, were you able to keep track of in terms of the NBA learning that they had to pause, you know, the, the entire league, um, even Tom yeah. Hanks uh, getting the, the COVID diagnosis? How much of that were you able to follow from where you were at? Sure. I remember kind of keeping track of it on on Twitter a little bit. But honestly, uh, you, Tim, were the first one that told me about the NBA game getting canceled between the Jazz and the Thunder. The game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. And take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. You told me that. And then, like, maybe a couple minutes later, um, I think it was maybe during halftime of the Huskers game that a tournament official came over and told Kent and Jake and myself that that news about the, the NBA game getting canceled and just how big of a deal that was. Like that was the first time where, I mean, the, the other things that I had talked about were kind of lead ups to that. But when, when a game was actually canceled and a big game in the NBA at that, and then, you know, that's when I started paying attention to social media and the talks of, well, now they're talking about putting uh, the NBA on a, you know, a pause and not playing games for a couple weeks. And, you know, all the news that started coming out. And that's when I think it started to kind of the game itself started to kind of take a, a back seat and at least until some other things happened later in the game well speaking of that the, the game itself it was pretty bizarre to say the least you had nebraska using a pair of football players to fill in brant banks and noah vedrill left side we're gonna see the football guys come in I love noah, it. noah vedrill and brant banks are gonna check in oscar fans uh, and the Indiana fans cheering that time out on the floor with 56.3 seconds left. I, mean, I will tell you what though, Banks going to the free throw line, I bet he hasn't been that nervous in quite a while. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, you, you never have that kind of pressure as an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. analogy to that. And you talk about, you talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody was getting on the team and we went 8 of 30 against Northwestern. It's a different thing when you go out there. I don't know how many people are here. What, 8,000 people here maybe? It's just different. You know, Nebraska was, was you know, in the midst of a, a pretty large losing streak and not to mention all of the national, um, you know, news going on with, with coronavirus and everything like that. So as that game was, was unfolding, what was kind of the energy in the arena like? What were you observing? What was it like to just kind of be courtside to, to all of that? Yeah, it, it was a weird feeling. Um, I, I think a lot of what I take from the energy of a game when – uh, you, your courtside producing. I think that I take a lot of it from what Kent and Jake are saying on air. And I think that they, they kept things pretty even keeled. Like they talked about some of the other, the the things that were going on in the arena, talking about there not being fans the next day. Um, I think they briefly mentioned the NBA situation, but overall they really didn't talk a whole lot about it. Now when um, Fred Hoiberg was you know, taken off the court late in that, in the game, that's then like the whole mood of their broadcast changed and, you know, they were concerned and they didn't know what was going on. So just the uncertainty of that. Not sure what this is uh, about, but coach Hoiberg uh, left the arena along with Nebraska sports information director, Seamus McKnight went out to the tunnel to our right uh, the, on the, underneath the end zone, uh, he's not been feeling good today. Yes, I don't know what the what exactly happened, but but he did leave with Sheamus. You know, with about three minutes left, the under uh, four minute media timeout, uh, they came out and said, "You need to leave." And I said, "You know, I thought they were throwing me out." I said, "Why?" Well, I didn't say anything, and you know, he said, "No, you need to." leave the floor now. This is not a debate. So I, <laughs> I gave my clipboard to Doc and told him good luck and walked off the floor. They put me in a wheelchair and put an N95 mask on me and took me back to the ambulance, really not telling me anything. So, you know, that's when it really kind of hit me that, you know, this thing was, they were taking it very seriously and, you know, went went back, uh, to, went to the hospital. They did a COVID test on me. They did an influenza test and I tested positive for influenza A and they said if that happened, it was 99.9% that I was not positive for COVID. And, you know, thankfully, a couple of days later, that COVID test came back negative. And then following the game, um, you know, you had, it was Doc Sadler had to take over and, and you know, it wrapped up Nebraska, of course, eventually it lost. But what was the feeling after the game? Because you guys, you know, obviously traveled with the team. Um, but at that point, you weren't really sure uh, what the procedure, what the protocol was going to be, because it was at that point unknown whether or not Fred was just ill with you know the general flu or if he actually did have coronavirus. So you know, to take us through those 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 moments after the game, what were you guys thinking, and and what would you guys ultimately end up doing? Well, to, and just to backtrack a few minutes into the very last few minutes of the game when Vedrill and Banks came in, that kind of changed the mood, at least on our broadcast and in the arena too. It changed the mood because they provided, I don't necessarily want to say levity, but it, it lightened the 
the tense situation a little bit, just seeing those football players in the game and hoping they'd make a basket. And so that kind of changed our attitude a little bit. But then as soon as the game ended, it just that feeling of kind of not being sure what was going on and maybe a little bit of, of fear to some extent started crashing back in. Um, and like you said, we, you know, we traveled with the team to Indianapolis. We were on the team bus. We, um, you know, were with the team throughout the whole trip. And so after the game, um, once we signed off while well, during post game, we were alerted that we wouldn't be getting, um, any coaches in post game. And to some extent that was not necessarily unexpected, uh, during postseason play, we don't get coach Hoiberg on our post game anyway. Normally we would get an assistant coach, but under the circumstances, it wasn't surprising to hear that. So we actually wrapped up our post game pretty quickly. And then as we were, you know, getting our things together, we Kent and Jake and I were just trying to talk through what our next step was. Like we were just going to, our first thought was, you know, let's just wait a little bit and see if anybody comes to us and tells us what to do. We were kind of just waiting for instruction. And then a few of the Nebraska media members came over and talked to us because they were seeing if we knew anything. And of course we didn't, we weren't able to tell them anything, uh, anything new. And we, you know, eventually we, I don't know how long we sat there after the game ended, maybe 15, 20 minutes after post game ended and we were all ready to go. Um, we weren't, weren't hearing anything from the team. And at that point we decided just to walk back to our hotel, which was really not that far from the arena. It was maybe, you know, a 20 minute walk or so back to the hotel. So it wasn't very far, but we decided just to walk back to the hotel because we didn't know what was going on. We had heard just through social media that they were being, uh, the Huskers were being quarantined in the locker room and that coach had been taken to a hospital. And so, we just, we weren't really sure what, what to do. So we decided to just go back to the hotel, sit in our room and, and wait until we heard something else. Yeah. They kept the team in the locker room and, uh, you know, kind of waited and I actually beat the team back to the hotel. They let me go after I did the, uh, the tests, the COVID test and the influenza test. And, uh, you know, I beat the team back to the hotel by a little bit, but yeah, it was a relief for sure. Uh, when I got that positive, flu uh result back which you know you wouldn't think that's the case but you know based on the other thing that they were talking about now had i known then what i know now or had anybody known then uh you know what we know now i, I don't think that that doctor would have allowed me to coach but when he told me that i was okay and, and gave me you know the green light you know i who was i to question it so i went out and you know wanted to finish out the year with the team uh you know trying to play well which we did for a lot of that game uh, you know, but it, it was just, uh, you know, one of those situations, you know, thankfully every, everything turned out okay. And so did it, did it click then just how much everything had changed kind of on a dime? I mean, obviously you were, had, were observing everything was going on. There was a lot of sudden kind of movement, but in terms of the overall landscape, did you have any of idea where this was all heading, you know, that the next few months would, would mean the world was going to be completely shut down. Was, did, did any of that kind of go through your mind as you were thinking about everything that was kind of unfolding? Not really, like not the full landscape of it, because I, I don't think that that all set in until maybe 
a day or two later. Um, probably the next day is more when it started to really set in, when everything started to get canceled. Because at that point, I kind of assumed that it was just going to affect, um, n- you know, Nebraska. I thought that, you know, if, if Coach Hoiberg was the only one that was impacted by it, that was fine. Nebraska lost the game to Indiana. They were out of the tournament. It was fine. Like, that was the only thing that I thought that it really affected. My first thought was, more in the immediate and how that was going to affect us or impact us getting home. If there were talks about us having to quarantine, um, in the hotel and, you know, at that point it was going to be two weeks of quarantining. And so I, that was my first thought. And so I know that, you know, Kent and Jake and I, as we were walking back to the hotel, on in the streets of downtown Indy, we were on the phones uh, with our wives and ta- family and talking about, you know, they were worried about us. They were asking us for information that we didn't have. And so uh, mostly it was just being unsure of what was all going on. Obviously, to some extent, I knew that things were changing and not in a good direction. But I don't I, I definitely did not have the full picture of what was going to happen. I didn't think that all of sports were going to shut down in the next day. I thought maybe that's where it was headed eventually, but I figured, you know, the steps of having no fans in the stands was going to kind of, you know, at least be a temporary solution to the issue. And, you know, they'd maybe be able to finish the Big Ten tournament and then we'd see about what would happen with the NCAA tournament. And so I, I no, I did not have the, the full picture um, of what was going on. Okay. Thank you, Josh. Love it. The worst yet to come, Dr. Fauci. Yes, it is. Can you elaborate? Well, whenever you have an outbreak that you can start seeing community spread, which means by definition that you don't know what the index case is and the way you can approach it is by contact tracing. When you have enough of that, then it becomes a situation where you're not going to be able to effectively and efficiently contain it. So I can say we will see more cases and things will get worse than they are right now. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. As it has been virtually every night since February, our lead story tonight is the coronavirus outbreak. The headlines only grow more worrisome. Today, the World Health Organization officially calling it a pandemic. We'll be right back. Husker Sports Network originals are presented by JTEC Construction, the official exterior experts of Husker Nation. Find out more about this great Husker partner at jtechconst.com. Now, back to Inside the 48 Hours That Transform Sports. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Not sure how to start this other than to say that we don't live in the same world today as we did 48 hours ago. Welcome to, I don't know how else to say it, but a somber sports athlete tonight. Greg Shire, Ben McLaughlin with you. We uh, we are, yeah, we're in a different world today than we were with all the cancellations and really the sports world shut down for we don't know how long. After the impact of the coronavirus had been fully realized, there was still a lot of uncertainty and discussion to be had about what sports were going to look like after COVID had upended the industry. So I spoke with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp, about the preceding months. 
what was the first time you had the sense that something was off and that the coronavirus was about to kind of disrupt everything? Was it was it during that Northern Colorado uh, Nebraska baseball game? Well, it, it, I think it was earlier in the week we started to get indications that we might see interruptions in the sports world, maybe even the reduction of crowds, because that was the same week that the Nebraska State Boys Basketball Tournament was going on, and they, would, they were already restricting the number of people that they were going to be letting through the gates. So I remember Nebraska had the two midweek baseball games with Northern Colorado on Tuesday and Wednesday. And by Wednesday, you were really getting the indication that if seasons were going to continue, they might be played in front of very few, if any, fans. And so I remember on the broadcast that day just saying, this might be the last time folks here in the ballpark are going to get to see this team play in person this year. I don't think I realized that that might be the last game they play, period. Uh, I was still probably the mindset at that point in time, well, we might shut things down for a couple of weeks here, but this isn't going to be a long-term deal. But that week with the state high school basketball tournament going on and the reduction of crowds there and then just hearing all the different headlines from around the country, you knew something something pretty major was coming. 1-0 pitch, or correction, 1-1 one, oh, one pitch. This is outside 1-1 one one here on Luke Roscoe. You got the NCAA tournament coming to Omaha next week. I, I bet they shut those down from attendance as well. Yep, I would agree. 1-1 one, one pitch, upstairs 2-1. and one. Hopefully everybody staying safe out there and just using good practice when it comes to washing your hands, basic hygiene, things like that. 2-1 pitch, foul back to the screen 2-2. Two and two. And as you watch this game today, if you're here... There's a chance it's the last time you see this team play this year. Yeah. Yeah, you got you kind of go through a bunch of different stages with it. Nebraska baseball coach Will Bolt on the Big Ten's decision to pull the plug on the season. I think you've got the initial shock, um, almost disbelief, where you're you're going from uh, playing a Wednesday game in front of about 4,000 Husker faithful, uh, you know, to getting ready to get on a bus on Thursday and then realizing – that that weekend series isn't going to happen. And then, um, you know, a short amount of time later, finding out that the season is not going to happen. There's just a lot of different stages of this where you're, you're having to get over the initial shock. And then, um, then you realize how big this issue is globally, um, nationally, um, you know, not even taking sports into account, just trying to, you know, people's well being and their health and, and those kind of things. So you're making sure your players, their parents, your loved ones, your family, your staff's family, everybody's, you know, in a good place. And that's kind of where we've been. And I, I'll say this, just having having some family time that's not normally there, um, I, I, that's something I'm not taking for granted at all. How weird were those months? If you think back to that, that those handfuls over the summer, when you know you had, you had baseball trying to get things going, but you know collegiate athletics uh, in the spring had been called off, and you had a lot of uncertainty overhead about what were what was the fall going to look like? Was there going to be football? Was there not going to be football? With the whole uh, you know Big Ten canceling, not canceling saga, um, what was kind of going through your mind when when all of that was unfolding? When you had so much uncertainty still uh, to be had about all this? Yeah, once once the the college baseball season got whacked you started wondering what was that going to mean for college football 
in, in our world, that's what we live for, the Huskers. And so you you immediately turned your attention. And and I think in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I think by I think by August, September, that we're going to get this thing under control and we're going to play. There's just too much at stake for that to happen. And then Kevin Warren, <laughs> Kevin Warren gets involved right after the Fourth of July, announcing no non-conference games for Big Ten teams. And you're like, oh my goodness, really? Uh, because that really wasn't being talked about anywhere. And then he drops that bomb on everybody that's associated with college football. And then you're like, well, man, this maybe this isn't going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, the constant monitoring of all that. I was really encouraged, though, when, when Major League Baseball started to play, when the NBA decided to jump back in. And when you started to see the pro leagues go, usually the collegiate leagues will follow. And they did, except then we all lived through August where the Big Ten was on and six days later it was off. Back now to Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Warren, I think you heard the question because you began answering it, but what changed between Wednesday and today? Yeah, Dave, I mean, one of the things that we uh, promised ourselves uh, that this was going to be a fluid situation, this was going to be a day-to-day situation. Yeah, and of course, eventually football did, uh, you know, obviously get to go underway, but it was obviously a much different um, you know, season for, for everyone involved, uh, save for probably the SEC. They actually did have some some fans in attendance. But uh, you were, of course, one of the few people that were allowed to attend sporting events uh, in person, really outside the South, uh, in 2020. What was kind of that experience like? You actually traveling with the football team and, and calling games live in person when uh, you were at venues where, where no fans were actually allowed to, to come and, and, and see? It was eerie. To be honest with you, our first game was in Columbus at the Horseshoe, which is one of the great venues for college football. It's one of my favorite venues to do a game for. And so to walk in that place and look out and really there's nobody there. I mean, you might have had 200 parents sitting around behind the benches, but that seems like nobody when you're in a stadium that seats over 100,000. I was fortunate enough to be able to travel because Matt Davison does the games with me, and Matt is was in the Husker football bubble and so for him to be able to call the games, and that was important to the athletic department for Matt to be a part of the broadcast, then I had to join the bubble. So I was getting tested a couple of times a week to make sure that I could be around Matt, make sure I could get on the charter flight to go see the Oscars play in person. Uh, so I felt I felt honored in, in a way to be able to be a part of it and kind of try to feel like it was the same, but I didn't have anybody else. I mean, Ben was not a part of it. Mike Elliott, uh, who sets up our game day gear, was not in the booth, so it was really me. I, I'd walk into the stadium, and a lot of times at the crack of dawn, because as you'll remember, we played so many of those early games, those 11 o'clock or noon on the East Coast time games. So I'm getting to the stadium, it's dark. I'm headed to the press box with our equipment bag, going up and getting set up, and there might have been four or five people in the press box total, and so there's nobody around. It's eerie. I'm trying to figure out where to plug in the phone lines and our Ethernet lines and all those type of things. So I, I guess the best word is eerie. It was just a very eerie experience to be in these giant stadiums kind of on my own for the most part. Matt would show up a few minutes before kickoff, and I'd have him around. But it was it was very, very strange, and hopefully I don't have to do that again. I hope we get back to where I've got a lot of people around me come the fall. And then lastly, um, sorry, of course, to ask you to, to wax philosophical, so to speak, but, but I am curious, what do you think we maybe learned about kind of the importance – 
of sports, having that normality, having that routine when that was all just kind of ripped away from us suddenly. Do you think that we, I don't know, maybe learned anything about kind of what sports means to us in our daily lives when, when all that went down? I think we learned to appreciate it even more. And I, I am going to totally appreciate when the gates of Memorial Stadium are opened up again and the sea of red returns and I can look out our broadcast position and see all those amazing, wonderful Husker fans wearing their red, cheering on their Huskers. I won't take that for granted ever again because now I've done games at Memorial Stadium with nobody there. And, man, is it a different feeling. So I think we learned to not take things for granted and to appreciate sporting events and events that we can gather with friends and family and have some fun again. And I think that day that it comes, it's going to be a lot of fun in and around Memorial Stadium when that that day does arrive, hopefully, sooner than later. One year on, we're still searching, I think, for some sense of normalcy. In the past year, sports, even in mostly fanless, abbreviated, and otherwise clunky form, have given us a sense of what the world was like before March 2020, before the 48 hours that transformed not just sports, but really our lives for the foreseeable future. The proceeding has been a Husker Sports Network original. Inside the 48 Hours That Transformed Sports was narrated and edited by Tim Curran. Executive producers were Josh Hilkeman, Ben McLaughlin, and Austin Orman. Sound design by Brett Witte. Subscribe to Husker Sports Network podcast for more great Husker Sports original episodes. Presented by JTEC Construction.